Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startup Operator Roundup. I am Roshan Karyappa and I'm Gunjan Saha and together we'll be breaking down the biggest headlines from India's startup ecosystem. If this is the first time you're tuning into this channel then do consider subscribing because we'll be sharing regular updates from this community and if you're a regular listener then please like this video let us know how we are doing and share this with your other operator friends. Now before we dive into these topics I want to remind you once again that this Thursday which is the 28th of September we are coming up with a very first physical event it's called the Startup Operator Live and we are doing this in Kormangla Social the event starts 6 pm onwards you'll see the registration link in the description below and please do come because we have some amazing founders speaking at this event Yeah so we have Anubhav of Rupify and Ajay of the House Monk uh, they'll talk about how to build a business sustainably uh, they've been able to scale in a very capital efficient way and profitability is in vogue right now uh, everyone wants to know how to be profitable and what they should do uh, it's a fantastic event for founders and operators i think some fascinating insights on offer and of course you get to meet uh, Gunjan and myself uh, you've seen us on enough episodes uh, it will be good to see us in flesh and blood i mean we're good people hopefully interesting we, people also we also get to meet a producer ah our producer <laughs> this is a man you should blame for all of the <laughs> all of this stuff right but yeah uh, we hope to see you there uh, it's on thursday september 28th at 6 pm onwards in kormangla social that's right the registration link is in the description and you also will find it pinned in our social media platforms Uh with that now let's get back to discussing the highlights from the um, week. Well Roshan this previous week was kind of lull right there was hardly any major news but we still did see some interesting topics emerge. Right. Uh well first of of course we have the rising geopolitical tensions between India and Canada and well uh, for those who are not aware of this India is the fourth largest receiver of Canada sovereign wealth fund mm. right so i'm pretty sure that this uh, rise in geopolitical tension will have some implications for startups so we'll be discussing that then also be talking about the controversies surrounding the fame to subsidies mm. there are accusations being made that the funds are not being used properly funds are being given to companies that are you know buying e scooters from china and marketing them as make in india so uh, that's causing a lot of stir and raising a lot of important questions we'll check that out as well and last week the government launched a new initiative called the skill india digital more about these topics in this week's roundup stay tuned well roshan how's the week for you well tensions have been simmering between india and canada for a while now i mean the last few months have seen various khalistani voices make all sorts of statements uh, i think a real low point was a couple of months back or so when uh, they had a procession a tableau in uh, uh, canada demonstrating indira gandhi's assassination that was i think hideous uh, right and uh, obviously india made its displeasure known but uh, this was uh, cited as freedom of expression by the canadian diplomats right and since you know we had the g20 recently as well uh where prime minister trudeau was uh, given a bit of a cold shoulder more than that i should say his <laughs> his plane was uh, you know <laughs> didn't take off for a good uh, two, days, two days right all of that happened and uh, it's a bit of an odd timing on the back of that prime minister trudeau says there could be potential links between uh, india and uh, the assassination of a uh, khalistani extremist uh, hardeep singh nijar uh, on uh, canadian soil of course they don't call him an extremist or anything of that sort they call him a plumber right or, or a man invested in service that's one way of putting it right i mean like bin laden was a construction magnate right 
So anyway, while all of this geopolitical stuff is happening, what is the impact on business and startups, right? What is the impact on economy? We were discussing a free trade agreement, contemplating that with Canada at some point of time. We have free trade agreements uh, with the UK, right? And uh, that facilitates more trade, more exports, more imports between the two countries. That is definitely off. I mean, Canada was pushing for a meeting with the businesses in the G20 as well, which India did not, you know, reciprocate, gave that a pass. Um, so it's a bit of a cold shoulder on that front. You know, FTAs usually ease all of the trade and economy between countries. It builds uh, transparency and trust as well. Uh, so that is gone. Aside, a lot of Indian students go to Canada for their higher studies. A lot of mid-career professionals off late have migrated to Canada and work in, uh, you know, highly skilled uh, companies, uh, highly skilled uh, jobs and so on, right? It's definitely a sort of a, an odd time. It's a, it's a bit of a, I would say, a nervous time for Indians in Canada or wanting to migrate to Canada. I think it's the relationships has been the lowest in history, I would say. We'll have to assert our sovereignty, you know. I mean, I think over and above everything, that is most important. I mean, the jury is out on, you know, what India did or did not do for what kind of role we had in those assassinations. And, and these guys are dropping like flies, right? I mean, yeah. they're dropping like some of the new tracks that these guys uh, drop, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit of a dicey time for Indians in Canada or uh, those who are contemplating moving to Canada, I should say. So uh, in Twitter, you know, ANI News had published this picture of a Canadian diplomat, you know, exiting his car. Someone retweeted that picture saying India's biggest blow to Canada since Ontario teachers pension plan invested in Snapdeal. I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> Some of these sovereign funds and these pension funds and so on obviously invest in startups hmm. and a good amount of that money does come into oh, yeah. India. But I'm not sure if that will be affected. I mean, I think that's that's a bit of a stretch, I would say. Well, it's also interesting to note that the Canada Pension Fund re really invests a lot of money in India. India is the fourth largest receiver of these fundings and the money goes into very critical projects such as infrastructure, renewable energy, tech and BFSI. Mm. Uh, I think until the end of last year, 2022, uh, India received close to $45 billion in funding. That's not, not a small amount. No, definitely not. I don't think this will sort of jeopardize that. Last week, JP Morgan has included India's government debt in the bond index. Some of this has already been priced in by the markets, but that is amazing, right? So by June 2024, India will belong in that bond index. And they'll start with a 1% weightage. I mean, soon that will become a 10% weightage. So basically, think of these bonds as governments borrowing money, right? I mean, these are 10-year bonds and there are different government debts available in the uh, public market, right? And investors, mostly institutional investors, buy up this debt uh, and trade this debt. So India was not included in the index earlier and now we are going to be included in the index. So which means that some of those foreign investors will invest in, you know, Indian government debt also. So think of it as, let's say if it was an equity mutual fund or some index fund, right, and they've decided to add uh, HUL stock or ITC stock, right, some of that money from investors will make its way to HUL or ITC, right. So, so that is broad what the connotation is and this is this is quite positive for India as well so overall you know I think India's investment profile you know is not really affected I would say Canada of course has asked its allies like the US etc to come down hard on this but you know if you look at what uh, the Secretary of State uh, Blinken of the US talked about this I mean he, he was not very explicit in condemning India right I mean in fact he said that you know we'll wait until there is conclusive evidence or rather that you know after the investigation is over to talk about it so which means indirectly saying that we don't know yet right I mean we can't conclude yet. 
so overall i think it's a uh, it's unfortunate i would say certainly right and it causes a lot of fear and nervousness uh, for you know people invested in both these countries i would say let's hope that things uh, resolve itself as soon as possible yeah yeah and also just to add one more point um, especially for startups who expand into the north american markets the do consider starting off from canada and now with the blanket visa ban things mm. might get difficult and founders may need to look at alternate expansion plans yeah a lot of these cities especially within canada right i mean whether it's ontario vancouver i mean some of those areas have very very liberal tax codes very easy in terms of setting up businesses they're obviously doing this to attract businesses so it is sort of lucrative for india indian startups i would say right because obviously canada is pretty rich as a demographic maybe slightly less complex compared to the us in terms of actually like go to market and stuff yeah i mean indians do consider uh, canada as a target market uh, right. you know in terms of software and other services yeah folks if you are a founder and you are thinking about okay how does this change north american expansion plans do let us know your thoughts in the comments moving on the fame 2 scheme mm. right this was launched in 2019 to promote the adoption of evs and related infrastructure in the country the society of manufacturers of electric vehicles or smev accused the ministry of heavy industries mhi which kind of facilitates the fame subsidies of removing small and medium ev makers from the fame 2 scheme and using the subsidy to support loss making oems The MHI is seeking an additional fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred crores from the finance ministry for the Fame Two scheme, which SMEV questions as the MHI has already held back seventeen hundred crores in unpaid subsidies. Now that's not a small amount, right? More than fifty companies have received approval under the subsidy, and these companies broadly fall into two buckets: they're either electric vehicle manufacturers or electric vehicle infrastructure providers. And some of the popular names in this list include Ola. they include tata motors they include tvs and some of these companies have been accused of not adhering to the key requirements to make a claim for the fame 2 subsidy right which primarily involves localization of manufacturing yeah. so um, what what do you think of this accusation you see i think we have to step back and analyze why the fame 2 subsidies were introduced in the first place to me primarily two reasons right so one is india has this very ambitious goal of net zero by 2070 right and we want to push for sustainability we want to push for renewable uh, power and energy and so on right so obviously electric vehicles are a key part of that we've seen a phenomenal adoption over the last uh, few years since the scheme has been announced this is also helpful in uh, displacing the conventional you know combustion engine types with electric vehicles over the next you know 5 10 15 years however long it is uh, going to be right i mean we may see that by 2030 or 2030 ish that there will be more electric vehicles on the road compared to the conventional vehicles right and this will require not just oems this will not just require people manufacturing these automobiles it will also require infrastructure right i mean batteries charging, charging stations service so on and so forth obviously right so one was the sustainability initiative and the second post 2020 we saw this atmanirbhar bharat right i mean make in india scheme that was announced and pli and so on right i mean which was basically to create independence in terms of manufacturing some of these uh, automobiles and so on right i mean or even batteries devices components all of that stuff right i mean that is the philosophical 
motives behind these fame to subsidies right one is the sustainability and second is the make in india now anything that sort of violates that in principle is uh, you know uh, obviously not uh, desirable for us right i mean so classic example would be someone who is importing something from china you know sort of rebranding uh, this and and selling it in the indian market right i mean that is not something that the government would like to encourage and there have been cases of that sort right where you know people have imported you know these low cost bikes have basically made a few changes adjustments and rebranded them to sell here in the indian market that is not desirable uh, the other thing that the government perhaps is concerned about is that you know ev innovation is at happening at the higher end of things right so think about super bikes and think about even uh, you know bikes like ather which at a lakh and a half or perhaps yeah. around nearing 2 lakhs is not affordable by the common person the government certainly wants to encourage innovation at the lower end of the spectrum right i mean think of transport vehicles auto rickshaws three wheelers uh, and so on not to say that innovation is not happening there there is definitely a lot of innovation um, that that's happening there but uh, that's something that they want to encourage more right so the government has been thinking about doing away with this uh, fame to subsidies at least i mean that's what the rumor mills have been saying it's a finite time period up to when this will be available and it'll be interesting to see how some of these companies will manage without that right because your scooter or whatever could cost you know 20 30k additional right, right. so are the incentives aligned enough interesting enough for people to actually do that i mean we'll have to wait and watch meanwhile i think you know there are loopholes and there are abuses as with any government regulation as with any sops and subsidies this is bound to happen i won't say that this is a very big deal but let's hope that you know the money goes in for the right incentives and for the right initiatives right so i hope they work this out so you made a point on sustainability and yes it's great that the government is really pushing for ev adoption but apart from ev adoption the government is also talking about green hydrogen cells the government is also talking about ethanol blending mm. right so i think by 2030 the entire automotive industry could look very different from what it looks today you know i was listening to mr chandrashekharan of tcs uh, talk about how india is acutely positioned to grow from an economy perspective and he felt that one of the three or four pillars are is sustainability right sustainability while you know countries like for example germany or the us have massive investments in existing fossil fuel uh, energy sources right india is starting virtually at zero or hmm. let's say i mean at one with all of these sources right so we can kind of invest in sustainability and use that to our advantage so there is no legacy as such that we have to overcome right so the invest incentives are fairly aligned on that front you are going to see a lot of interest in the space uh, just from the inbound that we get on the startup operator right suddenly we are seeing like a huge influx of people operating on sustainability climate change yeah. ev uh, and renewables Uh, and so on right so yeah i mean do check out this uh, the last podcast that we did was with advait of boon right yeah do check that out it was a fun interesting conversation yeah, somewhere there i suppose <laughs> yeah moving on and now while as a country of making this huge progress into positioning ourselves as a tech leader as a sustainable leader um, we also need a workforce to carry out this initiatives right and mm. towards that the union minister for skill development and entrepreneurship uh, mr dharmendra pradhan launched skill india digital which is a digital platform for skilling education employment and entrepreneurship in india sid is a digital public infrastructure that aims to make skill development more innovative accessible and personalized 
It supports multiple Indian languages, Aadhaar-based eKYC, mobile-first approach, and digitally verified credentials. This will also act as a comprehensive information gateway for all government skilling and entrepreneurship initiatives. SID will also enable learners to acquire relevant skills, stay updated with industry trends, and contribute to the country's workforce development, and facilitate talent hiring and lifelong learning and career advancements. You know, very recently we overtook China to become the most populous country in the world, and the entire media was talking about, okay, India will now reap the demographic dividend, right? I think the government is really doing a great job to capitalize on that. Well, not yet. We definitely have to work harder. You know, we don't spend as much of a percentage of GDP on education as we should, right? But I also feel that edtech is where India can sort of mitigate, uh, reduce some of the you know expenses that conventional education would have us incur for sure, right? I mean, we don't have to think of brick and mortar schools. We don't have to think about staffing every village with uh, all of these teachers and whatnot. I mean, we have to think about edtech, right? And edtech innovation in the in terms of MOOCs, in terms of virtualization, in terms of uh, you know providing the technology infrastructure at every node in every village, city, etc., for you know students to perhaps learn and educate themselves, right? Because uh, I, I think that's the way out. That's really the way out. Um, you know, we have some of the best teachers in the world here, right? And it's just a question of putting all of these MOOCs on a central platform, making it accessible to people. And with India having the cheapest cost for data anywhere in the world, right? And also the highest consumption of data. I think this can be very, very useful. I do feel like Indians have to learn, right? The demographic dividend will be a dividend only when they're you know, when there are skills and there are jobs and, you know, people start up and so on and so forth, right? Uh, and to that end, I think this is a great initiative. So let's see how it pans out. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to some fundraise news, we are not seeing any significant uptick, the amount of venture capital that's flowing in. We, we are seeing checks uh, being cut out to startups in the growth growth stage. Uh, Cuckoo FM announced that it has raised $25 million in Series C funding, which was co-led by Nandan Nilekani's Fundamentum Partnership and international finance cooperation. This is indicative that the growing, that investors have a increased interest in digital audio content. Mm. Then we have Agritech startup Ergos, who announced on Friday that they have raised $10 million in a Series B funding round, which was led by Oslo and a Norway headquartered financial inclusion fund called Abler Nordic. Then we have online visa application platform Atlas, who announced that they have raised $12 million in a Series A funding round, and this was led by Peak 15 Partners, or formerly Sequoia Capital India, and Elevation Capital. So, hey, this adds up. We have a Series A, we have a Series B, and we have a Series C. Yeah, still few and far in between. I would say the funding uh, frenzy has long since over. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, I, I really like that Cuckoo has raised another round. Right, more power to them. I mean, they're on this whole monetization journey. And uh, Bisu is someone we hosted about a couple of years back on the podcast. And uh, what I really liked was his vision was so clear. He's one of those founders. He seems really perseverant, and very, very motivated to solve for content and entertainment for tier two, tier three, right? And digital audio content is definitely growing. You know, we are certainly seeing it in the mm -hmm. podcast numbers itself. So yeah, great that they've raced around and uh, like wish, wish them all the best, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, for the talk of the town section, now this is something very mm -hmm. exciting. Uh, Neuralink recently announced that they're recruiting people for the first inhuman clinical trial tests. And uh, Elon Musk retweeted that saying the first human patient will soon receive a Neuralink device. This ultimately has the potential to restore full body movement. 
in the long term neuralink hopes to play a role in ai risk civilization risk reduction by improving human to ai and human to human bandwidth by several orders of magnitude mm. imagine if stephen hawking had this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is all of your sci-fi dreams come true, I would say, right? Phenomenal. You know, we have an intervention to sort of offset any neurological, you know, disorders. Um, unheard of, uh, even, I would say, 15, 20 years back, right? So fantastic stuff. And I don't know, I mean, I think it might be- become uh, fairly common in 5-10 years time to have people with chips in their brain. but it's scary. you know brains or bodies i would say well right now i mean we do hear stories of people who have nfc grafts underneath their skin uh-huh. just so that they can tap into doors pay for metro and stuff and right now we're talking about direct brain implants yeah That's, i mean it's um, <laughs> the future is scary and exciting i would say <laughs> all right folks so uh, these were the key updates from this week and well before we forget yeah um, speaking of scary and exciting <laughs> but not scary for sure right it's exciting it's exciting we're talking about yeah, the same thing, right we're talking about the, the startup <laughs> operator live yeah <laughs> yeah so uh folks next week we're going to be doing our first startup operator live on september 28th which is a thursday that's 28 not 20 28 uh thursday at kormangla uh, social do come over with the friends family operators whoever else Uh, right it's going to be a fun conversation i should say we're going to host anubhav of rupify and ajay of the house monk both of them are going to talk about their profitability journey about growing efficiently uh, and building a sustainable business all of these things are in vogue right now and uh, yeah you'll get to meet gunjan and myself and thiru who's a producer hopefully we'll have some cool swag on offer as we'll well we'll have cool yeah. swag on offer and it's in kormangla social so no so you definitely know what else you can expect what what can you expect come and find out <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week we'll be back again next week with more interesting updates once again if if you are the first time listener to this show please consider subscribing to this channel for regular updates from the indian startup ecosystem and if you're a regular listener do let us know how you're doing we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments like this video share this video and see you guys see you on thursday